0: Big show for you today as we are back from the weekend and we've got trades to talk about. We've got a shortstop to talk about. Oh, it's big stuff. Plus, one-hit wonders, sophomore slumps. This is the most important show we've ever done. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. Four of us are here. Adam Azer with Scott White. Hi, Scott White. Hello, Adam. Chris Towers. Hey, Chris Towers. Hello. And always excited, Chris Towers. And Heath Cummings. Bring the pain, Heath.
1: Why don't you like the fantasy baseball audience as much as you like the fantasy football audience? If this was a fantasy football podcast, you would have started off, well, it's the big show and sung that song. And you what? didn't do it so
0: What I'm song was that?
1: It's the big show from WWE
0: it's entrance. Music. Paul Paul White. Yes. I don't know what the hell you're Last talking about. Last night
1: was about. the Royal Rumble, the you could have giant... tied it into that. We all watched the Royal Rumble, obviously. I'm really? with you,
2: Adam. I have no idea. This is completely over my head. Team Scam. they speaking a foreign language. So if you're not familiar
0: with Team Scam and Team Kreef, Scott and I, I are Team Scam. I did not watch the Royal Rumble. Don't link, look, lump me in with that. All right, fine. I was
1: watching the other choreographed show Yeah, last night. The Grammys? Yes.
0: Okay, I hope that was good. I was watching Shameless, which is better than both of them. So anyway, enough TV. What's the big news for you guys? Is it the Brewers' uh signings and tradings, or is it Manny Machado, who is going to play shortstop this year? And, you know, I kind of figured at some point he would become shortstop eligible. Just needs five appearances there, but I didn't think it would be week two. So yeah. that's huge news. What's the biggest fantasy news for you guys from over the weekend?
2: Well, I I think you just... You just dismissed the Manny Machado news no, appropriately. I didn't dismiss uh, it. What do you mean? No, I just it, – it's not as big as the Brewers thing. Okay. It's
1: not as big as the Brewers thing. It is – like I, I'm going to move Manny Machado up a couple of spots in my – I had him as an end of the second round pick. That's about where we would seen him go. I think he should probably go towards the beginning of the second round now.
2: Here's the hard time I'm having with the Manny Machado news because, yes – it sounds like very early in the season you're going to be able to play him at shortstop. And, yes, I do believe shortstop is still the weakest non-catcher position. Not anymore. Uh, I think it is. Um, definitely weaker than third base. I mean, and, for sure. So, all right, let me get to my point before you start interrupting with all yours. Well, I think he's huh? better. I think he's better than Carlos Correa. I think Manny Machado – my expectations are he's going to be better than Carlos Correa this year. I have more confidence in him. He's better than Carlos Correa. I have Carlos Correa going in the middle of the second round. If I feel like Manny Machado is going to get that shortstop eligibility Carlos Correa has uh, by week two, I probably should move him into my first round, right? Yes. And yet I can't bring myself to do it. I can't bring myself to bump Kershaw or Bryant or any of those others out. So, like – I, I don't have a good reason for it other than I just don't want to. Maybe if I maybe if it becomes apparent that's the only way you can draft Machado, I will. But right now I'm kind of fine leaving him in the middle of the second round.
0: Hmm. Well, he would have been the number three shortstop uh last year, although okay, so it's a he, down season. He, right? yeah, right. It was a bad season for him and he was the number three shortstop because last year he did have shortstop eligibility. Uh, if you look at our stats page right now, he only has third base eligibility, so you won't see him show up there. But he, in terms of fantasy points and overall roto finish, Manny Machado was the number three shortstop behind Francisco Lindor and Elvis Andrews. Lindor doesn't get drafted, and like Andrews obviously isn't going to get drafted in the first round. But Lindor also doesn't get drafted in the first round. So I don't know. My initial reaction was, yeah, of course Manny Machado is a first-round pick. But I guess even if it's early second, there's a group of guys there that— Probably some of them are going to go in the first round, some are going to go in the second round, but they're going to be the same group of guys in most drafts.
1: So, like, if you take them at the end of the first, right. the start of the second, it doesn't really
0: matter. It, it really doesn't. It's your personal preference, but I, you could take Chris Bryant over Manny Machado. You could take Manny Machado over Chris Bryant. Is anybody going to argue one way or the other? Is like clear choice.
1: Uh, uh yeah, Manny Machado. I would say a short Chris
0: Bryant is more valuable, <laughs> and I think there's a clear difference. But wait, Heath, you just said. I said Machado, yes. So then how is he not a first round pick or very early in the second round?
1: I said I think he's an early second round pick.
0: Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were more in the mid. Well,
2: and then, you know, the thing about the, the turn there, the end of the first round, beginning of the second round turn is we, yeah, I, I personally don't have many of the big four starting pitchers, you know, just Kershaw or many of the big first basemen. Uh, you know, the obviously Goldschmidt going in the first half, but then there's this other three Rizzo. Freeman and Vado. Uh, I don't have those three first basemen or, you know, Sale, Kluber, Scherzer in my first round because, uh, because since there's three of them, it just makes sense to wait till the second round to draft them if you're going to draft one of them. But that, you know, I'm assuming one of the first picks of the second round is going to be them because they do still seem like high priority picks, especially the pitchers. So how does Machado? Uh, how does he wedge into that group? Like, I, I don't know. I think I might rather have him than, than Vado in a, in either format because of Vado's age. I think I might rather have him in, um, more than Rizzo in a roto league because Rizzo isn't as valuable in roto leagues. But I, I don't know that I'm taking him ahead of any of those other, uh, the big four at pitcher.
0: Okay. Chris, you want to weigh in? Who, who'd you, where would you put Machado? Now he went, I took him in like the middle of the second round in the draft we did on, Thursday,
3: anywhere in that range. I, I don't think I would take him in the first round. I just, I don't give him that much of a bump for the uh, positional eligibility. But you know, being eligible at two positions has value. You can use him at either one depending on where you go. I, otherwise, so you know, I'm I'm fine with him in the first half of the second round.
0: Okay. I, Oh, and, sorry, and the other guided.
1: thing is it's not just that he became shortstop eligible, but he was – like before last year's crazy, I would say unlucky year, but at least weird out-of-character year, um, he was a first-rounder. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, it's possible that we're still not giving him enough credit for the bounce back that should be coming.
2: Do you want him more than Correa to get back to my initial point? Um. Yes.
0: What about Trey Turner? I mean, I, f- I feel like in Roto people are going to go Turner, but.
2: You know, oh, more- I'm definitely going Turner. Turner's Keith's number one player in Roto, number right? Two. Number two. Number two. Okay, you put out, you have Altuve ahead? Yes. He has, he has Trout fourth in his Roto rankings. Oh, he oh,
0: we got an email about that coming up.
2: Uh, yeah. but, but let's go
0: to the Brewers news. So they've got Lorenzo Kane, five years, $80 million. They got Christian Yelich. They gave up Lewis Brinson and Monte Harrison and an infielder, Isan Diaz. Isan Diaz, I don't know, and a pitcher Jordan Yamamoto. Ryan Braun apparently could play some second base. Domingo Santana is on the trading block now. Lorenzo Kane finished as the number twenty-two outfielder in points, number twenty-three in Roto. He'll be thirty-two in April. Christian Yelich finished based on the current crop of outfielders, outfield eligible players. Tenth in points, sixteenth in Roto, and in fact, he's been a top ten outfielder in points leagues two straight years, and a top sixteen outfielder two straight years in Roto. That's Christian Yelich. It didn't really feel like a great year for him last year, but he still, um, you know, got you a hundred runs. Still, I think just that's, solid he's just solid. I think that's mostly. Um... He got off to a bad start
3: and I think that sticks in our minds. He was really bad in the first half of the season and he was really good in the second half. He
0: also only hit 18 home runs with 16 steals, you know? I mean, he he didn't do anything great except the 100 runs.
2: Yeah, and he's gonna, he's probably gonna score a lot of runs in this lineup. That's kind of been the MO for Christian Yelich. Like, he's, he's a very solid fantasy option, but he doesn't provide the power. Um, so he's easy to pass over in those early rounds where you need to take him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I think that's about to change. Yeah. okay. To that's extent, a, I think that's about to change. He, this is a guy who's really hit for a lot more power on the road.
0: So how many home runs do you expect from Christian Yelich now as he becomes a Milwaukee Brewer?
3: I expect 20. I think there's 25 to 30 as an upside. He's someone who. Hits the ball on the ground too much to be a consistent 30 home run guy, but that started to change a little bit last season. He upped his fly ball rate, Um and
2: he has, I think, better raw power than people think. Um, yeah, I mean, the quality of contact would suggest as much. And I don't worry—yes, he, he's he's kind of like—the the same gripe we've had with Eric Hosmer, that yep. OK, maybe he could hit for power, but he just doesn't elevate the ball enough to is true for Yelich. But Yelich has so consistently been so much better on the road. Like he has been a power hitter on the road, certainly the last two years. And even earlier in his career, the power was still much better on the road than at home. Um Like the consistency of those numbers. I I feel good about him hitting 25 home runs his first year in Milwaukee, especially now that he's what he's 20. He just turned 26 this offseason. He's entering his prime here. Um, I, I think the best is definitely yet to come.
3: So, uh since he entered the season, there are 155 players who have at least 1,000 plate appearances. Christian ranks 86th out of 155 in Woba at home and 18th
2: hmm.
3: on the road. That is, most players usually hit better uh, at home, even guys who play in bad hitting parks, so that is a really good sign for him. I think that you know, potentially he might alter his approach as well.
0: Heath, should Christian Yelich be a top 10 outfielder on draft day?
1: Yeah. You know, I think you could make a really good argument for it. I am not going to rank him as a top 10 outfielder, but he is in my top 15 in points and just outside of it in Roto. There's just a lot of really good outfielders. Okay. But he, he's right there in the discussion. Um, I – I am a little bit less convinced that he's just automatically going to start hitting the ball in the air a lot more. Um, But I do think he's probably a 20 homer guy.
2: Yeah, I don't know that he's necessarily going to hit the ball in then, the air more. He he may. He then you may. can't really it's, feel it's comfortable with expecting was it, It's maybe it may have been you know partly intentional because he was playing in a park where he couldn't hit many home runs.
1: The but. thing that I think may get overlooked with this move, both for Yelich and for Kane, the Miller Park thing is uh, we we all got that. But Craig Council's teams have ranked first and second in stolen bases each of the last two years. Both of these guys are 80% or better success rate guys when it comes to stealing. <laughs> they let Jonathan VR run and run and run, and he's not very good at it. I mean, he's really fast, but he gets <laughs> caught too often uh, and picked off too often. So I Kane has stolen 26, 28 bases before. I, I would not be surprised at all if this is his first 30-steal year. And we could see Yelich get up over twenty again for the first time since 2014.
0: Christian Yelich really went for somebody that I I don't really want to draft because I th- always thought he felt went a little too high, not great on a, on the per game basis. You know, he, he's not a standout to somebody I'm really interested in because I, I also wanted to avoid all Marlins after they traded Stanton and Ozuna and Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. And this is obviously a I team w- that's set up to have a really good offense.
3: I will say, you know, we were talking about this with Stanton and Ozuna last week. This is a better offense, obviously, for Christian Yelich than the one we thought he would be in in 2018. I don't think it's a better offense than the one he was in last year.
0: I don't, this could be a a top, this could be a top five offense. I, I won't project it to yeah, me, but I think it, it could, could definitely, be, I mean, but the your top count.
3: of the lineup isn't going to be as heavy as the Marlins. But he still that, scored a hundred runs.
0: So, so I feel good about him doing that again, yeah. or close to it, and the RBIs hopefully would go up. What did Yelich have last year? Yelich at had ninety eight uh, 81 I have. Okay, so yeah. I, think, I think what you were saying '98
2: the year before about him going from being somebody you weren't excited to draft, I'm in the same boat. I I kind of regretted that of my sleepers breakouts. The bus columns breakout was the one I sent out first because I I feel like Yelich is going to be a breakout pick for me now. Um, obviously there's going to be a 2.0 coming out later this draft prep season, but I'm I'm really excited about drafting Yelich, and it sounds like I should be pretty excited about drafting Kane too. I mean the stolen base point Keith brought up is a great one that i hadn't even considered mm-hmm. uh and then of course you know he's going from a terrible park for hitters to a very good one now too last year 12 of his 15 home runs came on the road um now go back further early the, the previous two years it wasn't that dramatic of a split it wasn't as consistent as yelich's but still i mean we we know one's a bad park we know one's a good park and we know he has some power so that's that's exciting news for kane too
0: Okay, uh we'll talk about the rest of this in a second. Let me just give some names real quick here. Would you rather have Christian Yelich or Andrew McCutcheon? Yelich. Yelich. Yelich.
2: And that was always true, so.
0: Okay, Christian Yelich or Tommy Pham?
2: <laughs> um, Yelich. Uh, today I'm saying Yelich. Today I'm saying Yelich. All Can't right. guarantee tomorrow. We need to update
3: your rankings then.
2: I'm sorry. I meant to say today I'm saying okay. fam.
0: <laughs> today oh, I'm saying
2: fam. Sorry.
0: Okay. Um, and uh, finally, let's go to Lorenzo Kane. Then Lorenzo Kane or Marcelo
2: Ozuna. Ozuna. Kane. I am saying. <laughs> Good Scott. I got to think through this through now since I got it wrong last time. I'm saying Ozuna.
0: Ozuna and Lorenzo Kane <laughs> or Starling Marte.
2: I am going to go with Kane there. Kane uh, in points. Yeah, Marte let's and Yeah, let's stick with Marte and Roto. Yeah, Sorry. I'm going with Kane.
3: Okay, all right. Uh Azer. Yes. There are two other Brewers notes we need to talk about. Yes. Okay. G- give it to Well, also Braun's right, not actually going to play second base. Okay. <laughs> uh Adam McCalvey, the MLB.com Brewers beat writer. Let's pump the brakes a bit on Ryan Braun to second base upon further review. Sounds like just something he offered in passing to make it clear he's open to anything that's not third base. Maybe they'll try it this spring, but Braun is highly unlikely to be Milwaukee's second baseman in 2018.
1: I expect him to be their first baseman.
0: And
3: uh Josh Hader is opening the season in the bullpen for the Brewers.
0: Okay, so what is this do for Domingo Santana?
2: Yeah, that's, that's the big question because – you know, even even if they move Braun to first base, then what does it mean for Eric Thames? You know, there there's a there's a fantasy relevant hitter who's getting, uh, who's going to be getting less than everyday at bats if if this all stands. Now, there were reports even before they added two outfielders in one day that they were shopping Domingo Santana. Um, I, I think they feel like they'd be selling high there based on the batted ball data. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Domingo Santana is actually kind of a trendy pick in fantasy. So I, I don't think anyone in the industry wants him to see, to see him without a job. Um, and, and you know, if I could, I, if I could jump in here, he is a trendy pick. And I know Heath
0: really likes Domingo Santana, but his home run to fly ball ratio is out of control. And I know Heath doesn't like Marcelo Zuna. I'm guessing that's part of the reason why. So why do you like why is Domingo Santana such a trendy pick when he's not really a fly ball hitter and he had an like astronomical home run to fly ball ratio last year?
1: Domingo Santana hits the crap out of the ball and he's really fast. That's Benny and he walks. Yep. Like you do those three things and you I like I am going to like you. Okay.
3: Santana's hard hit rate was basically the same as Azuna's last year though.
1: Yeah, I've got them ranked pretty similarly. But right the- now I think Santana's in a better offense in a better park, but if Santana got traded to the Rays for Archer or got traded to the Royals for Duffy, then he would fall
2: well behind Ozina. Okay. And it's and with Santana, it's not just the hard hit rate, his line drive rate. He like he's one of the best line drive hitters in the league. It's why I don't really worry about his strikeouts. Because uh it's just such high quality contact, such high probability contact when he makes contact. And and yeah, there's some stolen bases there for Domingo Santana too. It's not just the power. Okay.
0: All right, so we'll have to can we should we move on and just say let's see how this plays out and you know. There are still plenty of moving pieces here. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. So, here's your email of the day. It is from Mike who's currently living in a city in Cotter, which is currently Cotter? In, I think it's Cotter, Cotter or Cutter. Cutter? Cutter. Yeah, I think it's Cutter. Uh currently under blockade in the Middle East. Uh, All right. So how about that? All right, Mike, here we go. Whoa. Oh, huh? We're going to Cot- here's, right? how we're gonna here's how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do this. Quick on this. Scott and Heath debate their rankings. Chris, you can be the judge. All right. Rankings disputes. I'm interested in some of the rankings discrepancies on the CBS page. Can you p- debate the following players going by Roto rankings? Trey Turner. Scott has him 11th. Heath has him 2nd. Go.
2: Okay. These are all Roto rankings, by the way.
0: Yes, all Roto. Yes,
2: these are all Roto rankings. I, I know Heath has a policy among – Big base dealers, and there are only a handful. Um, he, he really puts a premium on those guys. And un- understandably, because there's a chance you could get boxed out at stolen bases if you're not careful about it. But I, I think investing your first round pick just to fill that stolen base quota, um, knowing how much you have to keep up in the power category since home runs are so prevalent. Uh, and you know, the, the first rounders are generally big time standouts in that category and RBI. Um, so, You know, Trey Turner's a first round pick, but I, I, you know, I can't give up Turner. I mean, Trout or Altuve or Goldschmidt for him. I do put a premium on
1: stolen bases, but it's not just stolen bases with Trey Turner. You're not investing your first round pick just to make sure you get steals. Trey Turner does just about everything. And I think the idea of being able to get that huge edge at the most difficult stat to acquire while also getting a good batting average I would expect somewhere near 110 runs. Probably going to hit 15 to 20 home runs, so he's not necessarily going to kill you there at the shortstop position. He does it all, and should lead baseball in steals this year.
0: Chris, you decide.
3: So he definitely has Trey Turner too high. Trey Turner over Mike Trout is it's crazy insane. Town it's in completely cuckoo um, bananas. Paul terrible. Goldschmidt over Mike Trout is also crazy <laughs> time banana. Picks. Even
1: though he's been better than him two of the last um, three years.
0: Oh God. <clears throat>
3: Mike Trout but was
1: so
2: much this better. player than him that has last been
1: better year. two of the last three Mike years. Mike Trout was it's so crazy much, to put him ahead of him. He right, was so
2: much better Mike than Trout. Goldschmidt last year. He just got hurt. Here, here's the thing about Mike Trout. Like, <laughs> how, how, since Mike Trout broke into the league seven years ago, whatever it was, six, seven years ago, there, you know, there's an owner out there listening right now who has looked onto the Trout owner with envy saying, someday, someday, I will be in <laughs> a position to draft Mike Trout and it will be beautiful. And Heath is telling him this year, Oh, you have the first round pick finally? Okay. Don't, don't invest it in Mike Trout. I just reject your
1: argument completely based on the premise.
2: <laughs> no, but you're, you're telling people to take Mike Trout fourth? Yeah, <laughs> sounds
0: like what you would do.
1: Uh, uh, anyway, you can go back to judging. 2-11. I'm
3: closer. I, I agree with Heath's reasoning, even if the conclusions
0: are, uh, crazy <laughs> town <tab Triangle's. laughs> Alright, next up. No one Arenado. Scott has him fourth. Heath has him eighth in Roto. Yep.
1: Is this uh, really a debate? <laughs> like it's,
0: a,
2: it's, it's a debate, plus. yeah. I think so. Okay. I mean, it's the, the thing about the reason I rank Arenado fourth, and there are basically four players who I feel uh, are just a higher level of security than everybody else, and the main thing I don't want to do with my first, second-round pick is waste it. So those four are Trout, Altuve, Goldschmidt, and Arenado. I feel like if I don't know exactly what they're going to give me, I know it's going to be Super studly, and I don't have any reason to worry about. And Arenado, you've pretty good idea exactly what he's going to give you. He's been so consistent. Um, you know, I I don't think he did last year, but the previous two years led the NL in both home runs and RBI, and wasn't far off last year. Uh, had a little better babbit luck last year, so got that batting average up too. There's just nothing to be worried about with Nolan Arenado.
1: He's safe. Was Charlie Blackman the number one player in Roto last year? I th- Charlie Blackman, was, yeah. his teammate, is also. An elite option. He's my number five player. I've got Bryce Harper at six. Mookie Betts just had a down year, but look how good he was. Mookie Betts extremely safe. Trey Turner, I have ahead of Nolan Arenado. What I think all those guys have in common, except for maybe Harper, is that they are going to steal more bases than Nolan Arenado this year. And they don't play third base, which is the easiest position to fill.
0: Okay, Chris. Um
3: <laughs> I think Scott's argument that Nolan Arenado is safe and predictable is 100% true. The problem is the places that he
0: helps you. Oh, come on. He's so good are, at that though. He, he's so good. Like, it's, it's one thing so to be safe. Runs. Right. You need, need so many, so home, runs, but, many like, home
2: runs. You, there's can't, you, can't, a, you can't, there's slack a lot off. of them. There's not a lot who can do what Arenado can do outside of the first round.
0: I know. I mean, it, it's but one it's thing to be safe. I've got him in a first lot of round. Other areas. It's, it's another thing to be safe and completely elite at the same time. He's not not exactly replaceable. I mean, he was, what, the number 12 player last year? No, was he? I will try to look that up. Um, I can't
3: check because I think our leagues are down because we're launching the product soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But according to Baseball Prospectus' player value system, he was like number
0: 12. Uh, Does that really translate to fantasy points? Yeah, no, that's a fantasy value. Oh, okay. It's okay. a proto five by five. Um I
3: look I have no problem with Arenado. He's just not someone I go out to get. I'd rather have Black.
0: Alright, how about uh, Freddie Freeman? Scott has him thirteenth
2: and Heath has him eighteenth. Heath oh, on a brave,
3: homer. It's another minor disagreement. Yeah. Alright, we we'll so, skip, Let's like skip this saying, one.
2: Like I was saying when we were talking about Machado.
0: Let's skip this one, Scott. Let's skip okay. it. I want to get to one hit wonders and, uh, sophomore slumps. Luis Severino. Scott has him 35th overall. Heath has him 45th overall. Heath, you can have the first word on Severino.
1: Yeah. Pitcher. I, I feel like moving Severino into the third round is treating him as if he's a little bit safer than he is. I do have more injury concerns with Luis Severino than I do with the average top 24 starting pitcher. A huge innings jump last year, throws really hard. I expect if he throws 190, 200 innings again, he's going to be a top 10 starting pitcher. I I don't feel like he's quite as likely to do that as some of the guys I have right ahead of him.
2: So Severino's my eighth starting pitcher in this format, and Severino is Heath's ninth starting pitcher okay. in this format. I I feel like it's more just a matter of Heath didn't prioritize the high-end Doesn't prioritize the high-end starting pitchers as much in Roto, Um, and outside of the top four, which I think are in a different class in terms of how good they are and how safe they are, you know, it it, it's kind of just you're kind of just going with the flow of the draft anyway.
0: Okay, fair enough. And last one, this is an interesting one: Corey Seager. Scott has him twenty-seventh overall. Heath has Corey Seager fifty-first overall. What, says Mike in Cutter.
1: I really feel like you have to, especially especially with Manny Machado now shortstop eligible as well, you really have to overvalue shortstop to put Corey Seager that early, especially in Roto. He just, he's going to have a very good batting average, and maybe this is the year where he hits as many home runs as we think he's going to, and he drives in as many runs as we think he's going to. But if you just look at what he's been so far in the major leagues, he's a very good baseball player, very good hitter. I think he's probably at this point a better baseball player than fantasy asset, especially in Roto.
2: So, sorry, Scott, I, got I get to make an argument. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. I, I know he's gonna, I know Chris is gonna be not team creeth on this because it's team creeth. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it all comes down to just how you, how you rate the depth of shortstop. And I think particularly in Roto where you got to go even deeper into the middle infield spots because there's that extra, extra lineup spot to fill. Um, you have to, you have to consider how shallow the position is or at least how shallow I perceive it to be when ranking this player. But I mean, the other thing about Corey Seeger is he's 23. Clearly haven't seen the full extent of his upside yet. Dodgers lineup was great last year. Seeger batted near the top of it. Somehow only 77 RBI. Somehow only 85 runs scored. Like that just seems like such a fluke that I, I can't even take it seriously. And that, you know, if you, if you get his, those numbers up where they belong, then he didn't under achieve by as much as it appears at first glance.
3: Chris. I think there is value in betting on elite talents. And I think that's what Corey Seeger is. On the other hand, last season he had to, – to pick one player at random who uh, Scott has ranked 90 spots lower, he had three more runs than Adam Jones, four fewer home runs, four more RBI, and two more stolen bases. He hit 10 points higher. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Heath on this. I've, can you just read – Just you should just read Adam's note below Corey Seager. Is that what – he put? No.
1: Oh. Go ahead, Heath. Uh, Corey Seager was the number four shortstop in Roto in 2016. He was the number 45 overall player. Last year, he was the number seven shortstop and the number 77 overall player. And those shortstop finishes are now counting M- Manny Machado, who is going to be a shortstop.
0: And the thing is, like, he has been disappointing, I think, in Roto. Because he doesn't steal any bases, and shortstops get you steals. It's kind of... An area that a lot of fantasy owners will look at to get steals. And say, okay, I'll take a shortstop. It will steal me bases. Steger doesn't do that. I I really think he has to probably start hitting more home runs like he'd said. Um, and but- I think
1: he might. I'm not trying to poo-poo on Corey Seager. Right. This is, I, I, I expect more than what we've got from him.
0: Yeah.
3: But we haven't. But he was basically DD Gregorius last year.
1: Oof.
0: I mean, like Didi was Didi awesome. statistically that's true. he was. Yeah, yeah. That's,
1: that's, that's that's they a pretty fact, much had fact, the same statement. exact
0: season. Uh, all right, I just think like, yeah, I think the problem with if you rank him fifty first, you're missing out on the chance to get a breakout player because you're not well, going to no, get there him. Are, you're not going to get any other
1: breakout players you could get.
0: But you're not going to get if you if you don't take Corey Seager earlier than fifty first overall, you're not
2: going to get him. That's correct, and you might miss out on like a huge breakout player. So do you have Alex Bregman higher than Corey Seeger Heath? I don't believe I do. Cause I'm, I feel like I have both of them higher than 51st. Okay. Heath, if I I do. Scott, do. You do have
3: Alex Bregman higher, that seems silly. Oh, I do? You mean Heath yeah. does. You said
2: Scott. Yes. He, he's he just, he's just used to, you know, <laughs> decorating.
3: Whoa!
2: <laughs> I'm pooping on Heath right now. By say by calling him Scott, when yeah. people notice how the difference between is our voices. What I this? call him silly.
1: Um, I do have them for the same auction value, and, like, maybe I could drop Bregman just a little bit, but...
2: Yeah, no, that's you, true. You I mean, do whatever you want. Alex and Bregman's just, had the one know, good half season, so... It's just hard to justify Bregman over Seager, I think. He steals bases. That would be the only... Yeah, you know what? I didn't try that hard to get a big base steal in the last rotomach we did, and... Projection so show me finishing sixth in the category i think six i think you can stress about good. it too much six, six six is fine finish six and everything like, you know where you finish six. if you finish six Eight, and everything probably. yes you probably don't finish first but that's but if you finish sixth and one thing it's really not a problem
0: all right guys it, let's wrap it up let's move on thank you for the email mike appreciate you trying to divide this family here on Fantasy Baseball today. News and notes. Uh, Carlos Rodon's been cleared to throw. Uh, he had offseason shoulder surgery. The Royals signed Alcides Escobar to a one-year deal for $2.5 million. The Mets signed Jose Reyes to a one-year deal. Uh, he's going to be kind of a utility player. The Mets are going closer by committee to start the season. We don't know for how long they'll do this. Jabris Familia, Anthony Swarzak, A.J. Ramos, Jerry Blevins, uh, they will all – Potential, I mean, you know, we hear this all the time. I don't know what it means, but they all potentially get some save chances. The Mets could also use Jerry's Familia for multiple innings apparently. So if there's one guy you're drafting in the Mets bullpen, who would
2: it be? There's not. I would draft Ramos, but they're both kind of out a little outside of the mixed league uh, threshold for me. Yeah. All right. The
0: Phillies signed Francisco Rodriguez to a minor league contract. The Diamondbacks signed Neftali Feliz to a minor league contract. How high do you guys have Archie Bradley, by the way, in your rankings?
2: Not as high as I would if I really thought he was going to be the Diamondbacks' closer at the start of the year. You don't think um, he will be? Well, they, they were resistant to that idea early on when Fernando Rodney was struggling and, and Bradley was doing great. They were resistant to that idea because they didn't want to lock him into that Roll and, and then have a hard time moving him to the rotation afterward. There's some, been some rumblings of them trading Patrick Corbin this offseason, which, you know, presumably Bradley would be the one to step in then. So, um, yeah, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. They, they obviously need somebody better than Brad Boxberger to take, uh, to take ninth inning duties if they're going to do that, but, uh, I, there's still plenty of time.
0: The Mets or uh, the Yankees rather double A affiliate renamed their team from the Trenton Thunder to the Trenton Pork roll. It's gross. The, <laughs> I,
3: prefer, I like it. I think it's great. Well, no, like the actual pork roll is gross. Oh, pork rolls are great.
2: What is a pork roll?
0: I'm not sure, but they sound great.
1: <laughs> I like I, it's I, like pork uh, is my favorite meat. Is it it's not like a pork rind, is it?
3: No, it's like a spam type thing. Oh, then it's not good. <sighs> yeah, really, it's <laughs> it's like
1: but is it yeah. actual pork?
3: It's it looks highly
1: processed. Pork based processed meat. Yeah. Commonly available in New Jersey.
3: Huh. Okay. We're gonna get some some pushback on this, but it looks disgusting.
0: It's don't one of those don't say we that, don't say we, Chris. You're on you're on I hate pork roll island.
1: I think somebody should send us some pork rolls to
0: try out. You can get it here. Alright, pork roll eating contest on the air later this week. Look looking forward to it. Uh Atlanta's mascot Blooper is a clear ripoff of the Philly Fanatic. It is uh shameful. So take <laughs> it's that. Real and good news, baseball fans, Brockmeyer is coming back pretty soon. Great show. Watch Brockmeyer. It's awesome. No, nope, Never seen it. You you I like it's just that's just because I'm touting it, and you're doing yourself a disservice, Heath, by not watching Brockmeyer.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) I've heard good things. I haven't watched it It's incredible. It's so funny. All right. Here we go. We want to investigate one-hit wonders. We want to investigate the sophomore slump. Okay? So I think the sophomore slump is kind of tricky. So let's start with one-hit wonders. And, I mean, it was really hard to come up with a list of names. I know I'm going to forget, guys. But Oledmus Diaz was clearly a one-hit wonder. He was a total bust. Jonathan Vr was a one-hit wonder. He was a total bust. And I see some similarities between VR and, and Whit Merrifield because it was like, what? yeah, here's exactly what I was going to say, right? Last time on Friday's show, the show ended with Chris calling Whit Merrifield a bus, saying he was, I think, planting his flag. Right, and, and we yelled at him. Because Scott <laughs> said, You don't doubt the batting average. He's had the same batting average two years in a row. The only thing that you would doubt would be the power. Okay. And you could have said the same exact thing about Jonathan VR.
1: No, I argued for three solid months while Jonathan VR was in my bust column last year that he was not going to hit 285 because he needed a 373 BABIP to do it.
2: All right, yep, but bad he... BABIP is just a little over 300. The big differences between those two for me is Whitmerfield makes a lot more contact, and. The quality of the yards contact in his great year wasn't that great. It's fine for Maryfield. It 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 justifies what he's doing.
0: All right, fine. But he he did hit 284 two years in a row. And and then last year One of
2: those, those is over 128 plate appearances.
0: Yeah. So but but Maryfield how many plate appearances did he have in 2016? He wasn't a full-time player, was he?
1: Uh no. I don't I don't believe he Not was. at the start of the
2: year. He had probably in the 250 range. 332. Oh, even higher. I had Rick Porcello on here, but he's, you know, he's had two good years in his career.
0: Uh, Danny Valencia on here. He had a great 2015 and really nothing since. Steve Pierce was amazing in 2014. He had 930 OPS. Um, and then was terrible and then was fine again in 2016 and then was terrible in 2017. Brandon Crawford had a great 2015 season with 21 homers. He hasn't hit more than 14 in any other year. Ivan Nova with Pittsburgh last year had a 306 ERA and a 110 whip. And then he was a total. He was okay for a little while, but ended up with a 414 ERA and a 128 whip. So that's Ivan Nova. So, I mean, there are a lot of examples of these one-hit wonders not doing well. Then again, you have Dallas Keuchel. You have JD Martinez. He's probably the best example. You have Justin Turner. Maybe Eduardo Nunez. So, I, for both one-hit wonders and sophomore slump, there is no hard and fast rule. But what is your general take, starting with the, guys who come out of nowhere and have big seasons and what to expect from them afterwards. So
3: the, the one thing that you notice about a lot of the one hit wonders, and I'm thinking specifically of Yvonne Nova and Rick Porcello here is that those are both guys who got by with one really exceptional trait. Rick Porcello's big season was a huge increase in called strike rate. Yvonne Nova, I think it was a similar thing for him. He got to Pittsburgh All of a sudden became this much better pitcher, but the track record just wasn't there. You know, like it, it relies on being exceptional and I just, it's really hard to do that.
1: I, here's how I would, starting with the one hit wonders, there's a sliding scale for me. Mm -hmm. If you have been in the major leagues for multiple, several years, three, four, five plus. And then at 29, 30, or older, you just go do something you've never done before, and it looks like a complete and total outlier. I don't usually buy it. If you – I am more likely to buy it if you've been in the minors for all that time and then do it, Mm -hmm. but not as likely as if you've been doing it before. And another thing I look at is does it jive with your batted ball profile or with your fit for a pitcher? Is there just an obvious thing that stands out and looks like you were lucky?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, obviously you have to look beyond the numbers at some of the skill indicators. I probably didn't look as close as I should on VR last year. I was a little more open to the idea. Um, and you know, he did some things better, like, like walking more was the main one. That was, that was what, um, that was what kind of gave me the benefit of the doubt with him, but quality of contact wasn't that great. Still struck out a ton. We just talked about him. I think the other, I, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm, it, you know, as long as the skill indicators match up with the production, I buy into it when it's worth buying into. Like if, if he's going, you know, at a three or four round discount of what he did during that, uh, that breakout year, then it, it's usually worth the gamble to me because at least half the time it's going to pay off. It seems like so, you know, I, I I try not to make it any more complicated than that. I'm I'm I am happy to take the value when the value presents itself.
0: Once upon a time, Jose Bautista was a one-year wonder, right? 2010. Yes.
2: Yep. And- yes. And he and he went about in the third round the following year when obviously he performed like a first rounder. Right. The year he broke out.
0: Uh, right. The following year, he hit 302 with 43 home runs. JD Martinez, I think, is an amazing example. The guy was nothing, and then both of those guys—well, definitely Bautista. Martinez changed his swing, right? Yeah. Bautista did too. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, Bautista. And they were both the
1: with new teams. Yeah, that's a good point. Bautista was like his 17th. So yeah, is- and,
0: and Justin <laughs> Turner's
3: another good example of this. Of a guy, Justin Turner was another guy who—he's right there with JD Martinez—is probably you know, and Daniel Murphy is the most vocal advocates of the fly ball
2: revolution. So, yeah, if there's, and Ryan if there's a good enough explanation for the change, like, I was fine, I was, you know, I was excited to draft JD Martinez the next year, excited to draft Bautista the next year. Um, yeah, if there, if there was a good enough explanation for the change, and, and again, the, the skill indicators aren't suggesting it was a fluke, then I'll usually buy into it. But also. like
1: JD Martinez's breakout
2: happened when he was 26, right? Yeah. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. 26, 27. Um, but after you know the Astros, one of the smartest organizations in baseball, it was apparent even then, before they were winning, <laughs> that I didn't they think, knew what they were doing. Yeah, they I didn't just let think go. we
1: knew how smart he was, how smart they were then.
3: I, I, I thought, yeah, I don't know that
2: everybody that, did, but but he he was I a weird case with a lot of the moves he, they were making.
3: He had very good minor league numbers, but they were very different from the player he became. He was hitting like three thirty, three forty every year in the minors.
0: Okay, so who are we worried about this year? As a one-hit wonder, other than Whit Merrifield that we talked
2: about last year, last week. Well, Heath's worried about everybody but Whit Merrifield.
1: <laughs> um, I I'm, think it's... I'm not really worried about, like, Marcelo Zuna. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was, but I'm, I don't know. I'm not worried about him being bad.
0: Do
2: you, does he qualify as a one-hit wonder? I hadn't put him on the list.
0: No, Well, that was Chris's list, which okay. I, you know, which didn't exactly jive with everything. Like, I don't think... Um... Like I, I don't think Aaron Judge is a one-hit wonder because he's only been in the league for like one and a half years.
1: Um, there's like four first basemen: Justin Smoke,
2: yes, Logan yeah, Morrison, I got all those guys. Yes. On.
3: Ryan Zimmerman,
2: yeah, Ryan Zimmerman. I'm not sure
3: why Aaron Judge wouldn't count, though.
0: No well, I no because like, it didn't he come in out of the nowhere. same way
3: that Whit Merrifield does. His for career, me. just kind of started. Well, not really. He didn't just start playing baseball
0: last but year, but he had prospect well, type too, and Whit Merrifield didn't. He, What's he, that? Aaron
2: Judge had prospect type and Whit Merrifield yes. didn't. Kind yes. of. People believed in Judge as a minor leaguer and they didn't believe in Merrifield as a To minor an leaguer. extent, <clears throat> uh, but nobody believed in
3: him. I would say relative to where they ended up last year, they both overperformed their expectations and their minor league production by about the same rate. Right? Uh,
0: okay, alright, so look, I, I think to, to do this right, I, I think it's gotta be guys who really came out of nowhere. I don't yeah. think Aaron Judge really qualifies. I, Andrelton Simmons is someone you put on your list, Chris, and I think that's a really good one. Because I, I, for him, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I really think for Simmons it was like one good stretch and uh, last year that really buoyed his numbers, and he finished terribly. And he's been oh. a, a really bad hitter for most of his career. So that's a guy, Andrelton Simmons, like he maybe gets some steals. I don't expect anything from him with the bat this year. I mean, Agreed. we're kind of
3: – what what we're kind of doing <clears throat> right now is – Taking the list and saying, well, I like this guy, so I don't agree. But no. like, John Carlos Stanton played at a level he's never played at last year. John Carlos Stanton, no, it played. is,
0: it is not just backing up a breakout year. John Carlos Stanton does not qualify as a one-hit wonder. Why I'm not? Talking,
3: because, what are you if talking he about? He has plenty of hits, Chris. If, but if John Carlos <laughs> Stanton goes back to being the guy he was in 2016, he's a massive bust. Right, that,
0: that is that was not, gigantic outline that is not what we're talking period. about. We're not talking about outlier seasons we're talking about guys who have no pedigree no fantasy expectations a led miss diaz jonathan vr came out of nowhere had a big season and now you have to pay up for them in draft we're not talking about guys who are like the one hit wonder in music is season. not a
1: band that just has their best album ever right yeah i guess i'm just not sure why
0: Aaron judge doesn't count then because he was a he was a pretty big prospect and he didn't have that yeah. much failure either he had a little bit of failure in 2016 and he like Judge is definitely a bust candidate. You know, I think he's he would be on my bust list for sure if he goes in the first round. But I just don't think he fits this description here.
3: Yeah, Aaron Judge outperformed his minor league ops by oh. 200 points
2: last season. I, I,
0: but I, I know he's not going to hit common. 50 home runs. Like I know well, he's not. going Not, gonna not maybe by
2: not that extent, but okay. like I, I just okay. I don't I don't know that you can. It's not apples to apples comparing major league numbers and minor league numbers. There were plenty of scouting reports that raved about Judge's power. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see it. But clearly, I was wrong. So, uh, but I want to focus on
0: I want to focus on Andrelton Simmons. I want to focus on. Uh, I think Nate, Travis Shaw fits. Travis Shaw, I think absolutely fits. Tommy Pham, you know, Marvin was it the, was it the vision issue for for Tommy Fam? Sure, Marvin Gonzalez. Like, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think these are interesting players. Fam is probably someone we should definitely focus on because Scott is super high on him. But this was a little surprising to you, wasn't it? What what Fam did last year?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it was surprising. Like he's he's a player who I always thought. And, you know, I wasn't alone. I, it was partially because I was reading what some of these uh real prospect gurus were writing. He's a guy who I thought could have a uh, breakout one day. Now, it, it, it seemed like that opportunity had passed him by because he was, what, 30? Um, But he had a lot of injuries throughout his minor league career. He had a vision issue that he just got corrected last year. And the opportunity presented himself, and he took off with it. Now, reasons I like Tommy Pham... Is kind of kind of like what I was saying about Trey Turner last year. Is just he contributes. He he is so good at so many different things that even if he slips in an area, like he's he still has a lot to fall back on. Uh, and we saw that last year with Turner. He slipped in in terms of batting average, in terms of how many line drives he hit, and he was still a stud. Heath wants him ahead of drought. So, uh, fam in fam's case, OBP over four hundred uh he was a 2020 guy even though he didn't reach the majors till May um he hit for the kind of line drive rate and uh you know the kind of batted ball profile that would lead to the high Babbitt, that would lead to the high batting average he had he's just good at everything now if there's any knock on his p- performance last year it's that he had this fly ball rate kind of like Yellich did so will he have another power season like he did i can't say for sure i think 15 plus home runs is a safe bet for fam and, uh, again, he's so good at so many other things that, uh, he could live with a reduced home run total.
0: Are you guys, Chris or, or, Kreef, are you worried about Tommy Pham just being a dud, a total bust this year?
1: I have Pham ranked higher, I think probably than Chris would say that I should.
0: Um, which is where?
1: Yeah, you actually are pretty high on Pham. Yeah, I'm, I'm close. To, like you think Scott has Pham too high. If you were ranking, you wouldn't have him as high as us. I, I have no
3: idea.
2: Actually, I think <laughs> in Roto, Heath has fam higher than I do because he he puts such a priority on the I have him one
1: spot behind where you do. I have him at 11. Okay. okay. And I'm not quite comfortable with that. I think he's more likely than anyone in my top 15 to just be cut in June. Mm-hmm. That's a fair statement. Um, but he also has the potential to do things that not very many players do. I, so if, if he is like
2: Starling Marte... Or good Sterling Marte even, it which shouldn't be that surprising. That's, that's the kind of discount I'm talking about too, cause I feel like last year on a per game base, on a per game basis, he was what Cody Ballinger was. I mean, that's, that's like second round production, right? Uh, the earliest I've seen him go in a draft so far is round four, and I've seen him go as late as round nine before, so it's, uh, it's definitely a discount.
0: Okay, they're talking about Tommy Pham here. Uh, back to the list that, that Chris provided. Mike Gustakis. What what'd you say, Chris? It's a good list. It's a it's a really bad list. Like John, <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton is is Reese Hoskins has been in the league for like fifty games. You put him as a one-hit wonder? You missed the point of the of the exercise, sir. I'm sorry he, you didn't define it well.
2: <laughs> it's kinda of like the I, argument we have sleepers and breakouts every year. Now we have to no, define what one hit wonder. The
1: lesson is. here is Adam sent us all an email asking for something. Scott and I ignored him and yeah. did nothing. Yeah. And now you're getting criticized for trying to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're welcome, basically.
3: You're welcome, Scott.
0: Um, all right. So, but, but, but Mike Moustakas is kind of interesting. He did have a breakout year. Do you think he did enough at the beginning of 2016 to back Mike Moustakas, to back what he did in 2017? Um, for me,
1: the answer is no, because that was 113 plate appearances. And even in the beginning of 2016, I mean, what, he, he hit 240. I,
0: I can't, I, I thought, I, I didn't have a chance to look it up, and I'm sorry, I was doing it off memory. I thought he had a pretty good...
1: 2015, he finished really well, if I remember right. And he had quite a bit of power at the beginning of 2016. Okay, that's what it was then, sure. And Mustaka's is one that, if he signs in the right place... Mm-hmm then I could totally change my, like if he goes and signs a one year deal in New York, cause no one will pay him, then I'm going to change my tune. But at Chris has said it, his bad pro ball profile doesn't look that much different from when he wasn't very good.
2: It changes every, like my assumption right now, my my assumption in the rankings is Mike Moustakis is not coming back to the Royals and Mike Moustakis is going somewhere better to hit than the Royals playing because basically anywhere you could think of him going, it would be much better scenario, much better park for him. And that batted ball profile is an extreme power friendly batted ball profile. So the dream scenario uh, is the Yankees.
1: It's not. I, I I disagree. I don't think it's an extreme power batted ball profile.
3: It, he he looks, just doesn't. He just doesn't hit the ball very hard.
1: Right. He, the fly is, ball and pull percentage is great. Right. But he's. Pretty much, like, he's got a career 28% hard contact rate. He was 31.9 last year. That's
2: not an extreme, that's an extreme I mean, but fly the, out to right now. The big profile. problem is of where he's playing his home games, because it's, it's tough to, it's tough to clear the fences. Like, nobody, he hit the most home runs in Royals history last year, and obviously he wasn't coming anywhere close to that before last year. So I, you know, I could call it a fluke right. if he was going back there, but I'm hopeful he's not going back there. Uh, you know, the deeper we get in the offseason, the 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 more likely it seems he is going to wind up with the Royals again. In which case, I'll drop him. But um, yeah, I think he's going to hit a lot of home runs if he goes to um one of these other Yankees. Obviously, the Cardinals would not really be an improvement, and that's
1: one of the possibilities that's been mentioned. Would it be not much of an improvement? Uh, according to Fangraphs, the park factor for left-handed power hitters for the Royals it's 93. For the Cardinals, it's 95. I mean.
2: Okay, it, it's it'd be similar. Uh, let yeah. me just
0: let me just also say that I w- since I'll never actually hold up my end of this, um, but I'll just say it for entertainment purposes. If the Yankees sign Mike Mustakas, I will stop being a Yankees fan because that's how certain I am that they won't sign Mike Mustakas. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. I don't think they can afford. I think another. it
2: makes a
1: lot of sense. We need to start yeah. a fund. I would. To I'm not. Moustakis yeah, I would like Yankees. a different bet. Can. How about this? If the Yankees sign Mike Moustakas, then every time he hits a home run, you have to tweet hashtag Moustong.
2: Fine.
0: <laughs> Fine. I'll do
2: that. Okay. That that would I actually will hold up by end of the uh of the bargain. is, is statcorner.com shows a, a bigger disparity in park factors for home runs than uh what what was it you were doing? Baseball prospectus? A Fang, and that could grab. be
3: that could be the result of one year versus multi year. Multi year is usually uh, the better way to go. So it depends on what the methodology involved is. Yeah.
0: Last one here, Travis Shaw. I, okay, I think was there any prospect pedigree for Travis Shaw?
2: Um, he was a kind of second tier prospect, a guy who you know, I'm not sure he ever cracked the top 100 list, but he was always, you know, on the fringes of it.
0: And then with Boston, you know, you look at his first year; the numbers were good. But it was so it was so heavy early production, and then he was terrible. His last thirty eight games, he had a six ninety two OPS. Two thousand sixteen, last one hundred six games, he had a six twenty one OPS. And then last year, Shaw actually final two months, he was awful. But it may have been because of a foot injury. He kept fouling the ball off his foot. He is the well, mayor of Ding Dong City. But do, do you think Travis Shaw was a one hit wonder? Do you think he will be good again in two thousand eighteen? He was sorry, he last thing he was seventh at third base and points fourth in Roto. The
1: last two months don't bother me quite as much just because Travis Shaw was dealing with a foot injury, but more than that, he had, and you can read about it online, he had a terribly difficult year personally, um, and his numbers at Miller Park when he was at home were awful last year compared to what he did on the road, right. which is really weird because he mm-hmm. plays at Miller Park. So I I view him not as a one-year wonder. I think he's going to hit in the middle of a Brewers lineup that's going to be outstanding I would expect him to perform a little better at Miller Park and probably a little worse on the road. Um But he's a low-end number one third baseman for me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Everybody's pretty sold that what he did, what Travis Shaw did last
2: year was legit? Yeah, yeah for the most part. I I think there, there, based on the way he was performing the first four months, there needed to be some correction, and that correction came over the final two months, foot injury or not. Uh, I think where his numbers ended up are about where they should have ended up.
0: Then, you know what? We'll save sophomore slump for Wednesday's show, or whenever our next show will be, probably on Wednesday. Maybe you
3: guys can contribute some (laughs) names
0: for that one. Maybe. (laughs) Well, Chris, (laughs) my Crap all over your dreams. Give me like 10-year veterans for the sophomore slump.
1: You know who could be a sophomore slump? Aaron Judge and Reese Hoskins. Right. No. (laughs) That would have been a good list for them to be on. No.
3: They were top (laughs) prospects. They can't be.
1: No, that doesn't
0: apply to the sophomore's. Aaron Judge was
3: in the majors two years ago. He
0: can't be. Yes, John Carlos Stanton was a one year (laughs) wonder. Come on, Chris Towers. (laughs)
2: Perennial first round pick was a one year wonder. (laughs) Stick it with it. Oh man. Stick it with
0: it. (laughs) And that, and that is only the second craziest thing I've heard today with Heath Cummings having Mike Trout fourth overall in his roto rankings.
1: Yeah. He's been top four, what, twice in
2: the last four years? He got a 50-50 shot. That is, that is. I might be too high. You know what, that is having too much confidence in your projections. That was what that is. Do you, there's, do you there's no reason to no. doubt Trout.
0: Unless, there's unless you think, unless you think Mike Trout is injury prone. Do you think he's injury prone?
1: Uh, I would not say he's injury prone. No.
0: He did get hurt once. Then no. you are in, No, he got hurt twice. Right? He, he got, had the wrist thing, but he played through it two years ago. Right, right. And, I
1: think he's more likely to get injured than a first baseman.
0: Uh, okay. That's probably true. So, is the a shortstop?
3: Definitely um, not. Depends Turner. on the shortstop. Let's say one who uh broke his wrist last season, <laughs> uh runs a lot. Um it's probably equal. Head
2: first slide. Thankfully the shortstop's I, better.
0: I actually could get on board with the with the uh Trey Turner one. I mean I wouldn't do it, but I could see it. But the Goldschmidt one I just think is is well, Cuckoo bananas. Like, Makes no sense. The
2: Altuve one that we're all in agreement, right? Mike Trout no. <laughs>
3: 35 bases last year if he didn't get hurt. I, I
2: Trout, I feel like Trout should go first everywhere. Absolutely. I can understand somebody taking Altuve ahead of him specifically in a roto league because, um, because the, the he's there's, very helpful so, there's so at. few elite options at second base.
3: And he's, he's helpful in the two places that are hardest to help.
2: Yes. Batting like, average. Very helpful. Like, right. he batting average, he is the batting average guy. Right.
0: Okay, here we go. Uh emails from Mike in Mike from the Mitten. Mike says uh, Michigan. Oh, okay. Right? I don't know. Uh the lower half of Michigan? Oh. It's like a mitten. Okay. Uh how many big league innings do you think Michael Kopeck will get with the White Sox this year? I could keep him in a six by six categories league that has strikeouts and caper nine. Michael Kopeck, how many innings?
2: I'll put it similar to what Let Luis Castillo got last year, which I think was about eighty.
3: There was a report this week that they are not,
2: um, not like making it a priority to get him up right now. I'll All push right. it though. He, his last, I think it was dozen starts or so, the walks were solved. Like they, he stopped walking people and that's amazing given his stuff. He's going to be, he's going to be a stud.
0: And this is, uh, part of the Yoan mancada trade, right? The Chris Sale trade?
2: Yep. Yeah, Michael I, I think he's going into you know, It's a leap to say this I think he's going into being a better player than Moncada
0: Okay guys uh, Next email comes from Oh man I don't have a name <laughs> Damn it I feel like Chris Towers right now He says all I have to say is wow I didn't think underwear could make that big of a difference But me undies are amazing Thanks for changing my everyday life And I will back that up I was wearing my me undies yesterday I've I am wearing my
1: me undies right now They You're are incredible welcome.
3: So, Person who Adam can't be bothered to learn his name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you
0: didn't put it in the e- in the email. Uh, if you want some me undies, we don't have a baseball promo code yet. But if you go to MeUndies.com dot com slash fft, you get a twenty percent discount on your first order. Yes, they're awesome. MeUndies.com dot com slash fft. I'm sure we'll have a baseball uh, address too. Uh, pick one from Mister Me Undies: Edwin Diaz, Felipe Rivero, or Brad Hand.
3: Uh, who do you think is the best pitcher of the three? At, at, at this point, I, I don't think it makes much sense to worry. Alex Colomite led the majors in saves by six on a mediocre team. So I just, I don't think it makes much, that much sense to, to worry about team quality.
2: I do. It take it makes sense to a degree, but like I, I def, I still see the Padres as like this bottom of the division club. So that hand is third for me, but, uh, I, I go Rivero first. It's, it's a very fine line, though. I it's, think the
1: Padres are going to win more games than the Pirates. That's the thing, I'll right? <laughs> go hand Edwin Diaz and Rivero.
0: Well, that's the thing, like, Chris, I mean, it's a good point that Colomé led baseball in saves, but it's, it's hard to do that on a terrible team. Tampa Bay was 80 and 82.
3: I think yeah, the Padres are
0: terrible. Do we really think there's more than, like, a 10-win gap between any of these teams? Yes, absolutely. I think the Mariners are 10 wins better than both of those teams.
1: I would expect that they are. My concern is I think Edwin Diaz is he had a couple pretty right. bad rough patches He lost your job for a couple <laughs> yeah. of last year. Yeah, I think he's the maybe the most likely to lose the job.
0: Otherwise, he it would might be also easy. be the best pitcher of the
1: I pick. think he has the highest upside and the lowest floor. But I would go with hand.
0: So, you two, know what they say? Two hands.
1: A Brad in the hand. Better oh. than an Edwin in the bushes.
0: Oh, wait, 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 no. so He says hand. Scott, who do you say? Rivero. And Chris? Uh... Yes, I'll
3: just not
0: be helpful. It'll be fun. Alright, next email is from Will Lyons, but you can call me the big dog or the commish You heard right, I am the commissioner of our league and very in charge. I've won three of the last five seasons. I'm very (laughs) good at fantasy baseball. (laughs) I don't normally ask for or need help, but I thought I would throw Adam a bone. I don't know why. Outstanding. Who between, Yeah. no. Who between Javier Baez and Ian Happ will get enough at-bats to justify drafting them at shallow second base?
1: He's the Happ guy here. Oh, I, I, it, that's what's happening.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, I He's the one I'm most skeptical of the playing time, and that's the only reason I rank Baez ahead of him. I think Happ is more interesting if I felt like he had a clear path to at-bats, but that's not the way he was handled last year. and That's um, not the way Baez was handled last year. Oh, bias. Well, certainly Baez in the postseason, bias was every day.
3: I mean, if if all Javi ba- Javi Bias does is what he did last year, that's a really valuable player. Especially the fact that he's going to be eligible everywhere. Twenty-three homers, ten steals, seventy-five runs, seventy-five RBI. That's not
0: a really valuable player. I mean, how no. many how many plate appearances are at bats that he? Five hundred. That's a borderline. That's a really
3: valuable player in Roto.
1: I, Ian Happ had. 80, well, no, 90 less plate appearances than Javi Baez. He hit one more home run, stole two less bases. Um I, I will go with Hap. He can play the outfield too. I guess Baez can, but.
0: I don't, I don't know if a 500 plate appearance guy is, is valuable. Unless he get gets hurt, you know, and that's why he has 500 and, plate And correct
2: me if I'm wrong, Chris. I think when you're saying he's valuable, like, He's somebody that should be owned in every Roto league. Not, not he's like.
3: I I think he was probably the way he played last year. He was a starting caliber player.
2: Right. Right. And somebody you could put at a few different spots and that, that, that has value. I don't, I don't think he was saying though that Baez is like this, you know, guy you should really reach for in drafts or a high end player or anything like that. Although
3: if he somehow got an everyday role, I think he would be. I would probably rank him as a top 10 shortstop if I knew who's was going to play.
1: I kind of think both of them are going to play every day.
0: Okay, Baez did finish as like the 11th or 12th best second baseman in uh, in uh Roto. Last email here. This is from Zach. True or false, punting a category is admitting you are incapable of
2: playing the waiver wire. <laughs> That's an interesting way to phrase it. Um, and I'd be inclined to say true. The way I've put <laughs> it is what? that.
0: What? Scam. Come on, man. Punting a category says that you're incapable
2: of playing the waiver wire? Well, the way I've put it in the (laughs) past— It seems like a leap. The way I've put it in the past is that if you you commit to punting a category in the draft, you're boxing yourself into—you're leaving yourself with no maneuverability in season because you can't then make up ground that you've gotten a zero in all season long. You're too far back. And obviously— uh, the the way you're maneuvering in season is by making waiver moves, by uh, assets you didn't expect to have at the start of the year. Suddenly you have, and and they can be helpful for you if you employ them properly. So, um, you know, I, I'm not saying you have to make steals or saves or whatever it is you're punting your top priority. Um, you, you could. You give it less emphasis than maybe most other owners would, but you you can't just ignore it. Like you can't just say, "Well, I'm only going to finish tenth anyway, so I might as well get none." But if you were taking you a don't test, know you don't know what you're going to get off the waiver wire in season.
0: But if you were taking a test and you had to pass it to keep your license as a fantasy baseball writer, and this question were on the test: True or false? Punting a category is admitting you are incapable of playing the waiver wire. Well, it's obviously I, a
2: bombastic bump- statement. Like I, think I don't. It it's false. You,
0: I think it
3: means you shouldn't be playing roto if you punt a category? Yeah, like you're you're not going to win.
1: Um yeah, I don't know. I largely punted wins last year in Roto. I
3: I I will where, say where I don't think you wins? can punt like I'm not sure if you can punt wins.
2: cuz like if you you're know, punting wins, you're probably also punting strikeouts. If we're literally talking punting then that means assuring yourself last place in that category, which I don't really think you can punt wins, like like Chris said. I think well, main, you
3: can if you just go
2: with relief pitchers. Yeah, if you just go with relief pitchers, but otherwise you're going to be getting some wins. You're pun- the, 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 the only categories you can truly punt are saves and steals. Well, was that a Memorial it, Magazine League last year? Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: You guys are um, forgetting about head-to-head categories leagues. Punting is a different. Right, that's what I'm saying. You can punt in head-to-head know. categories. We gotta go. We have gone <laughs> overtime today fun show a little feisty somebody yeah maybe maybe a little bit of a case of the mondays i don't know you guys (laughs) we hate you chris so um yeah uh what we learned today is uh uh you know what i'm not gonna take a dig not gonna take a cheap shot just gonna end the show this is my worst outro yet what we learned today is that i'm still eight years into this job awful at ending shows goodbye